I, you know, I know, um, well, first, thank you very much, guys, for coming back. You know, another week, uh, week has gone by. Um, pretty much in the same place, you know, at home. <laughs> so, not funny, but um, yeah, at least there's nothing we can do. Um, I was telling Gil, uh, the, for us in America now, we're starting to see a little bit of the light out there for to be able to practice. Uh, but it's only outdoor pools and in our state, for example, uh, well, where I live, uh, all the outdoor pools right now are closed yet. And they don't really want to let people in yet. They don't know how to handle it. So I'm not sure when we're going to be able to train. An hour away, away from us, they're starting to train. So that's pretty good for them. But they can only train, I think, the, the pool has eight lanes. So one hour, one hour uh, per person per lane. So I don't know, it's, it's complicated. All right, today um, I have uh, I sent you the email. I have two subjects, two topics, but we can talk about whatever. You know, I think if some people are not interested in these topics that uh, because they proposed, somebody proposed them a while back, uh, we can just chat about whatever you guys want. Right? Uh, the first topic that we had is how how did you approach as a coach taking over a program or starting a program? You keep the things things the same way. You change everything. Uh, how did the athletes handle the change? You know, and I think it's very important. It, it's not a, a subject, but a thing that is gonna, in the eyes of people, maybe um, make you the best coach with the best results. But I think it's one way of creating uh, sustainable success. You know, and it's one way of understanding how your program is going to be and how you can do things. So that's, do you guys want to talk about that or somebody's proposing something else? Uh, sure, like uh, I'm happy to, I think it's a good place to talk from. I know uh, Coach Tejas is on his way to starting off a new program in, um, in uh, China. And um, uh, he's going to go in as uh, the new head coach of a school in China. So maybe TJ, you can uh, set us off. Yeah, I, I've taken up this new position. Hey, everybody, good morning. I'm Sergio. Hi, Gil. Good night. So, for, good night for me. Oh, good night. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Sorry. No, it's okay. So yeah, I, I think it's quite an interesting topic for me. There's there's a very less that I could share about how, like, what are the things that we bring in the program? You know, it's just like, moreover, the approach rather taking over the program. I think moreover it should be kind of learning because, and I'm just going to take a lot of experience that you guys have and you know, take it as a learning process because honestly, like from my point of view, I haven't had any experience about uh, approaching to taking over a new program or, now, from me, for my philosophy, for what I believe right now, like what you said initially was, I think, in the first two weeks, rather trying to change something when you step into a new place, trying to get acclimatized, trying to trying to see how things work in there and, you know, understand the culture and then trying to groom into it and then step forward to, to, to make changes rather than just go, going in there and telling, like, this is my philosophy and I want you, I want, 
things to be changing like this. This is what we want. And, you know, changing all the schedule and stuff like rather doing that, just take time and, you know, learn how the thing and the culture and the people working there and then start taking steps towards it. That's what I'm looking at right now, but I still want to see how the practical implications and how you guys have experienced what, what has been, if, if like for you in the last couple of years, that you've been changing places, going to new places and you know, coming up with, with ideas. So, uh, you asking me, uh, Kaija? Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Yeah, uh, I, I have a lot of experience on building teams. That's, you know, I move more, I'm a mercenary, you know. Uh, the only thing I need is a, is a sword now. Uh, well, I'm a biking, you know, but um, uh, I think I think uh, the most imp- there's certain things the, in my opinion that I always try to do. I did that when I went to Singapore. I did that when I went to Auburn. I did that when any any place that I did. And and the most important thing is learning the culture of the place. Okay? You can move away hundred kilometers from where you are, and it's a totally different culture. Right? People eat differently. People think differently. People, instead of going to bed at nine, they, they go to bed at 10. So they're very small things that make a big difference, you know? And, and I, think, I think what's important uh, is that they know how you think. You know, when I came to Singapore, I told them, we're gonna win. We came here to, to be the best, the best in the world. You know? But we're not gonna be the best today, you know? And they asked me, oh, how are you going to do this? I, thought, I never really said much at the beginning because I needed to understand how my assistants work, how the coaching community work, the culture of communicating things that is very important because, you know, uh, I, Alex, I'll give it to you an example later uh, about how I went into a meeting trying to be proactive and the way I presented something because the culture of Singapore, it, it backfired to me. Make sense? And those are those are things that that you have to be very careful because it's all it's 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 a very the, the culture of a place is a very important thing. That doesn't mean that you have to change who you are. Make sense? You just have to understand and evolve with the place. And at one point, you're gonna find the right moment where you can say, okay, now I can implement this. Now I can implement that. You know, and and the, you need to find the right people to to be able to the people that work with you. Uh, to be able to to express that, you know, you said you're going to China. Uh, yeah, I'm moving to Shanghai. Uh, do, you in international school. do you speak Chinese? No. So I'm moving to an international school, so I don't think I'm not. I'm not sure if it's really. Well, good. you know, you but but you're gonna have you're gonna have some big influence of Chinese over there, you know. So so that's gonna be not understanding the language. It's it's a it's a big cultural thing, you know? So that's, that's a very important thing that you need to understand. Sometimes how you talk to the janitors, how you talk to the people that work around you, the people that take care of the pools, you know, things, all those things are very important. You know, when I was in Singapore, and this is, this is an example of, like, uh, we had a meeting with the swimmers. And, and I think, I'm not sure if the parents, it was one of the first meetings that they had. And you've been in the pool at Singapore, the OCBC or whatever you call it. Uh, and one side, there's the offices of the association and the other side, there's a classroom, you know, so we had the meeting in the classroom. So the people from the association uh, set up the chairs for the meeting, right? 
So we had the meeting, you know. After the meeting, the swimmers left, and I started picking up chairs. I folded the chairs and I picked them up to take them to, to the office because that's where the chairs were stored. And Gary, he didn't do it that in purpose, but Gary pats me in the back and says, hey, Sergio, leave the chairs here. It's not your job. You know, somebody's going to take those chairs. And I told him, I said, look, no, you grab some chairs. I grab some chairs because we're going over there. You understand? It's not, it's, it, we're not going out of our way. No, we're not doing something, taking the job of somebody, but we're, we're happy. These people work for us nonstop. So why not? You know, you're not trying to do their job. You're trying to be helpful, you know? And if this is my house too, like it's their house, and I'm going there, so I pick up my chairs. And with, with things like that, you, you gain respect. Okay? And that's a very important. Like Can one, I? Excuse me, Ivan. Oh, sorry, sorry, Sergio, continue. I, I will add my 10 cents later on that. Yeah, and, and you know, uh, for, I think for, for even for Gary, they went to school in America. I think was, he was surprised about that. And I'm not saying it in a bad way because it's a culture. You know, you have people, you have the helpers, you have people that do this, you have people that do that. And, you know, I don't do it. It's their job. Another example is very interesting. We have two guys from Bangladesh. They, they, uh, they set up the pool for long course, short course, water polo, for everything. So normally we have practice until seven. And these guys will come in at seven, seven sharp. And they will start undoing the pool. And sometimes, let's say that I needed five more minutes. To, undo, to, to change the pool for water polo would take them, let's say, 10 minutes. So they had 30 minutes to do that. So, you know, I tried to become friends with them because they were also very nice people, you know. And one of them had two kids like my kids when I started talking with them. That they had, he didn't see his kids for five years. And they're working nonstop. This pool, that pool. Sometimes they sleep in the boiling rooms, you know. So one day I was with in one corner, no, in one corner, in one wall between two doors, the women's locker room and the men's locker room. And in, in, in Singapore, the, the swimmers were always very polite. After practice, they come and say goodbye. They find me wherever I am, they shake my hand, they say good, goodbye, or good night, whatever. So I'm talking with a guy from Bangladesh, you know, the, the pool guy, and, and no one of the 30 something swimmers that came to say good, good night to me or goodbye and shake my hand. Look at the Bangladesh guy into their eyes who said good night to me. That was a very, for me, it was very shocking. Because they don't see them. And again, it's not in a bad way. You know, it's like, these, these are the helpers. So it's not, and so a couple of days later, I had a meeting with them. And I had to tell them, I said, guys, look, I will never ask you to go out of your way. You didn't do anything wrong because this is a cultural. But you have to understand that these people work for us. And if, if we talk with them and we treat them like people, in one day, we, we have to go two extra minutes. They're going to sit and wait for us. Make sense? They're going to yeah. let us finish at 7, 10, 7, you know. And, and you need to show respect. You don't, I, I, I'm not going to ask you to go out of your way and say good, goodbye or goodnight to these people. But if they're next to me or you cross paths, before you go to the locker room, I think it's a nice thing to say, have a good night. Yeah, I agree very much. So uh, a month later, or 
this, all the guys in the team already created a good relationship with these two guys because they were fun people. One was older, one was younger. We had, we would joke around and, you know, and I think that empowered them, the, the Bangladesh people, the, the, and, and then empowered my team, our team to, to feel good about things. And, you know, trust me, if some days we were until 7.20, they would be sitting in one corner and I would be apologizing, I'm so sorry, we need to do one more thing. I said, don't worry, Samson. And, you know, in 10 minutes before the water polo came in, they fixed it. So those are the things that you have to understand when you go to a place. It's a very important thing, you know? And to me, was I upset when I said that my swimmers wouldn't say good, good night to, to a person? Well, probably I was, but I was not upset in a bad way. I was concerned, you know? Because to me, you know, uh, people are people. So, so I think those are very important things, you know, learn how to the Chinese people, how that, that town, Shanghai or whatever it is, that community thinks, how they do things, how they school things, you know, and slowly start releasing ways of creating your, your thought process, you know, because if you go, like, if I went to Singapore and say, look, you know, I'm going to create the next balls because that's what they wanted me to do. Oh, you we want the balls thing, because they think that that, that place had the magic thing. And uh, I, I would have felt so there's no way. The first six months, uh, I had to do a lot of thinking and I had to coach the way I coach. Make sense? But I wouldn't I wouldn't try to change things. And one one time I went into a meeting before the SEA Games with the co coaches committee, with all these famous coaches from Singapore. And I gave them a proposition of something that I thought was a proposition for them to collaborate with me. And, and let's make any changes. But I, I didn't realize that many times when you walk into a meeting like that and you give them a piece of paper when the things are structured, they feel that this is how it's gonna be. And, and, and they don't wanna argue. And it's not about arguing, they don't. They said, okay, wh why are we here? They don't tell you that, but you can read between the lines. I wasn't born yesterday, so I could see each one of them. You know, uh, so so then we walk away from the meeting. That them shaking their heads like this, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, yeah. And two weeks later, doing whatever the fuck they want. So that's the problem, you know. And it was my fault for not understanding certain things about the culture. Make sense? And those keep building, making hurdles to you. Now, the other people around you, they also need to be conscious. Right? They should be able to help you out and say, hey, you know, Sergio, before you walk into that meeting or before you, you know, think about this, 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 this. And then what do you do? You adapt very quickly because you have the talent to adapt. And the most important thing is not about a plan is a rigid thing. It's not a, like like what we talk when we talk about a, a season plan. It's not a straight line. It's a, it's, it's like a, a very dynamic, fluid thing. You you need to move very quickly to one side or the other. Make sense? Yep. So those are the things. Don't rush. You know, mm. establish who you are so they know who you are and how you think and, and, and the vision that you might have. 
understand that you want there to learn. You know, when I came here to this job at Virginia Tech, then I didn't want to be a head coach ever again. I didn't. And they gave me the job. I said, no. The second time, I said, okay, sure, I come. But I, I didn't want to internally. When I came, all the other coaches from the earlier group of head coaches, the head coach, they, they were gone. So there was only one guy left. So when I came into the pool, that was in June, we had still two months of the season. And he's been coaching the group of kids by himself and organizing other groups. He gave me everything. And he said, Sergio, here's everything I've done. What do you want me to do? You know, uh, you know, because he was my assistant. So I told him, I said, look, you keep doing what you do and I'm gonna be your assistant for the next two months. Right? And if, if I see something that I don't understand, I'll tell you, and you know, and when we're in the office, we're gonna talk about how the season is gonna start, you know, because during the summer, the college team is only partially there. So we only have like 25 or 30 swimmers instead of 70 swimmers, you know. But we still, some of them went to nationals, so one of them made the US national team. So there was a, so, something very important happening. But why would I change if that was going to give me the opportunity to understand my top assistant that I was going to have? So every day, he kept writing the practice, and I just was there. I had to pull the lane lines, I had to do this, I had to time whatever he told me. We talk about it. You know, I learned each kid. I learned, I listened. And when the season starts, I was ready to, to have a much better year. Make sense? Can you do that or not? And do you need to do that or not? You don't have to. It's just the way that, that's the first time I did that. Like, that was an opportunity for me. Because also when I hired this guy, I told him that maybe for the first year or two years, you might not write a single practice. You're gonna do what I tell you because I want you to understand who I am. So I took the opportunity of working for him for two months. Yeah, yeah so, I agree. There's a lot that I take from this one. I mean, definitely uh, getting going into a new culture, you always want to be making sure that you learn a lot of things about them and then, you know, try and establish what you are and just trying to find the balance and you know, things will start falling in place. And of course, like, you know, making sure that people, every single person that works around you on the pool, like, you, you need to have a better communication to, I mean, of course, in terms, general terms of in a humanity perspective, you, you, you're going to do that, but you know, just having that extra touch, extra connection, it, it always helps you in a lot of things that you're, like, in terms of, like, you know, just you know, taking that extra mile for you, for the, for the people that you've been connecting well. Sure. I think that's a great, great stuff. It's great learning. And you know, thanks for sharing your experience on that one. It really helps. Yeah. Well, you know, I think the bottom line is to be excellent and to be the best doesn't mean that you have to disrespect people. You know? yeah. And when you run a company or when you run a group of people, you know, uh, even the person that cleans the bathrooms, you know, maybe he loves to do that. I'm not saying that, that he, most people like that. But if you see that person, you want to say hi. You want to say goodbye. And sometimes you might even open the door. Why? Because that person is going to clean that bathroom with some, so much more passion because he feels that you care for him or for her. Make sense? If you, yeah. if you ignore, and that's an example, eh? that's a, kind of an extreme example. If you ignore the people that work there with you, because most of the time as head coaches, 
we talk about people that work for me. You know? And I think that's also a mistake because when you keep telling people, oh, you work for me or my, my assistant coach or this, I try always to try to say that the people, you know, the coaches that work with me because we are one, we work together. And in this, in this case, I have to be the leader, right? And I have to, but, but without them, I wouldn't be what I am. So it's also the way you can articulate things to, so you can move people. Yeah. So uh, I think Ch China is not a, uh, I, if you go into international school, that's probably easier, but China, I bet, is not a very easy place for, for us to understand how they think, how they work, you know, how they do things. I mean, same as for me, it's my first time anyways. I'm not sure how things are going to work. I'm just looking at the positive, working in international school, and probably start developing my skills and you know, try, like the way that I understand the culture and just start getting adapted to a couple of things. And then that's how I'm looking at it. Of course, I learn a couple of words which are important related, related to swimming and stuff or related to, to you know, regular day-to-day -day communication. With people around me, so that's why I'm looking at. That's how. That's why I'm, you know, planning myself to be, you know, getting adjusted to to the culture and, and the things around me there. Awesome. Hey, just gonna ask you, please. Uh, part of your responsibility, you are gonna be running aquatic department and physical education, or just a, or just a coaching team and aquatic department. What's what's your job? Just the aquatic department, not the physical education. Okay, then you will be able to communicate with your staff. All right, I get it. Okay, thank you. Yeah, thanks, So yeah, I, I put up on the. Oh, sorry, yeah, I put up on the chat. Um, uh, the there's a, the New Zealand rugby team called the All Blacks. Um, they they're considered the best in the world. They've won uh, the three three world championships. Um, um, and um, they they've become very well known for their, their humility and uh coach sergio when you speak about uh yeah the people setting up the pool and cleaning up um the the all black the uh values in, in that all black rugby team the best in the world um one of their or well, not one it is their, their very first sort of uh, mantra they call it sweep the shed and they believe in leaving the locker room um as clean and neat and tidy as when they walked into it at the start of the day and um, th there's many many reports about um even after uh like huge competitions the world championships uh, world cup whatever um that the uh, at the end when they've showered and removed their bandages and so on um all the rugby players including the the captain and the the team manager and the coach they all clean the the locker rooms um, and they, they don't leave it in a mess for the cleaners to come in afterwards. So when the cleaners do come in afterwards, they, they already find a, a, a neat and tidy and cleansed room, and they become very uh, well-known um, in terms of their, their principles. Um, that number one, where they call sweep the shed, um, they all get involved uh, to leave it as clean um, uh, as when they found it. And um, in, in teaching, uh, we... Uh, I, I've learned a lot also in Japan that uh, the, the Japanese students in the classroom, um, they clean their classroom at the end of the day. They don't leave it for somebody else to come in and clean up after them. Um, 
so yeah those lessons of um, one cleaning up after yourself but also humility and um, and we don't talk down or look down on anyone um, ir irrespective of what their role is in in the group that we're with plus uh, I agree with you I haven't read all that stuff but but it's it's I guess the art of war too it's a strategy you know and, and, and when people see you calm and see you that you give them respect even if they're your worst enemies they don't know what's coming to them you know and and, and at one point also the they open up, so so I think I think it's not about counting people. It's it's about like how do you want to be treated, you know? If you want if you if you like when people treat you with disrespect, that's fine. But I think most of us like likes to be treated with respect, you know. And I know a lot of people say respect is earned. Absolutely, sure, whatever whatever people want. But also, it's earned, but it's by the actions that you do every day, you know, you, you, you know, and I'm not a perfect person. I, when I get upset, you don't want to be next to me. You do not want to be next to me. And, you know, I had some incidents in the, with the association because I couldn't really manage the incompetence that I was seeing in front of me. That, that if I would have been my boss, I would have fired Sergio on the spot. Yeah. And sometimes I try to test them, you know, but so, so we are dysfunctional to a certain degree, you know, but I think the, the bottom line is that you need to really try, try to treat people the way you want to be treated, you know, and if you can teach that to your athletes and when you get into a new program, it's very important that you don't go in there saying, oh, you know, uh, I, I built a team in Auburn and we're going to be that way because it's the best thing. You're going to fail you will fail absolutely you know you guys know dave duran the coach from cal berkeley yeah well dave duran went from maryland university he did a horrible job there horrible he destroyed the team you know and then from there he went to berkeley and what happened at berkeley he got a lot of success but in one of the talks that he gave one day he said you know I had to change because when I went to uh, Maryland, the only thing that I, I wanted to do is make another Auburn out of Maryland. And it was a totally different place. Even Maryland, after he left, they cut the program a year later. The, the, the administration didn't really want to be excellent in, in Olympic sports. So he was trying to set a culture of the best team in, in the country with a very good athletic department into a place that they didn't care. And he crashed for three years, very hard. So until he learned that, you know, he went to Cal and he was able to develop his talents and, you know, and, and try not to push, he used to learn. And, and he's become one of the most successful coaches in the world. So that's a, that's a very important lesson or, or thing that we need to pay attention. Yeah. Um, Anybody, anybody has, besides Tejas, any, anything to, to share about all this? Nobody. Hey, Sergio. Hey, Petra. How are you? I'm much better. <laughs> I kind of missed last week. I felt, I felt ill. Oh, are you okay? Uh, yeah, yeah, much better. I had a sore throat, 
now Corona is okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. Speak, speaking of you know moving to a new environment, um, I actually got into a new environment about two years ago. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was the same company, but it was kind of like the um a different stage, a uh, different level of kids. So when when I went inside, you know, I I was being I was being very aggressive, and I was telling the kids, you know, I have standards, and you got to meet the standards, and we got to try and push through. And I had the worst three months of coaching where the kids didn't enjoy their time. You know, I was just kind of being very pushy and forceful. Then I kind of just after three months, I kind of noticed that the kids weren't having fun, and they were just you know swimming for the sake of swimming. So. Then you know I started to listen to them and talk to them and you know uh, kind of just you know try just basically it's more towards listening to them and um, uh, you know after those three months it, it just went up and up and uh, you know kids started to improve a lot they started to you know they, they basically changed because you know I changed my attitudes towards them and yeah I can definitely relate to how you know how. How you normally do things, um, yeah. It's just about listening to them, and um, yeah. One of the one of the biggest things that I I, I learned was um, you know I was watching my head coach, uh, the way he you know walked around the pool. He would always you know uh, be very friendly to the lifeguards, the cleaners. Always joke around and playing around. I didn't get it at first. I was I always thought you know well, why is he why is he doing this? But you know later on. You know, whenever he asked, he needed for something. The you know those guys would uh, go out of their way to actually help out. Um, yeah, to help out with the program. So I always thought, you know, in in terms of success, I mean, yeah, we coach and you know we we motivate the kids and you know we set the program, but it's it's really a team effort where you know if the lifeguards aren't there, we have to do everything. I mean, like we have to change the lane ropes for 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 Malaysia, and. Um, yeah, so it's it's basically a team effort, and uh, you know, the nicer you are to other people, the you know, the, the the better it is for for the program. Uh, I, 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 um, thanks for sharing. I think that's awesome. I think you know the, the important thing for any program is creating sustainable success. You know, like be, to be successful is very easy. You just have to be in the right place at the right time, or use uh, one day one of these. Joseph Collins walks in front of you, and you're lucky enough to to be on the pool deck next to him. You know, but the hard part is how you create a system that can keep developing kids to be successful. And successful doesn't mean that they have to make the Sea Games or make the Olympic team. But they have they, every year they evolve, and they get good grades in school. They do this. They they're good people. You know, because being a good person is is very it's going to make you very successful. So, so the base is how you build that base that is going to help from anybody, everybody that works in your, in, in, in your, in your program, you know, and I, I think that's very important. Uh, and many times we forget about that. We totally forget about that. You know, when I was in Singapore, I would be in the Starbucks at the mall and a lot of the workers that many times without realizing I said hi or goodbye, they would come and say hi to me and I, I, I would be very surprise you know because many of them by i guess because they always do that they they wouldn't stop and say hi they would just keep walking without looking at you you know and now just because one day you said hi to them uh, now they feel 
good about the, themselves saying hi. And that's an important thing. You know, all those little things are what make people be excellent. You know, and, 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 and understand that I'm not telling you that I'm the nicest person in the world. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm, I can be the biggest asshole in the world. Too. Uh, you know, you can ask my brother. You know, uh, but uh, but it's uh, I think it's important. You know, it's important how you if you want to build things. I can say one thing. People think that uh, you know I I've been very, uh, very successful because I coach certain name swimmers. But since 1997, I I built everything that I that I've done. I built it from a really strange place to one of the tops. And it's not because of the, the results. The results of the of those swimmers are a byproduct of how we treated everything, you know, to create a good, again, sustainable success, a good base, understanding the culture. You know, when I went to Arizona, the first time that I was in Arizona, I thought, who the heck wants to live here? It was so different. But you have to learn how the people over there live, what type of food they like. Or when do they go to bed and all that stuff? And then understand how the school system works, how this works, how that works, and then try to integrate everything the best way you can. And then you go to the next one, and maybe 60% of what you've done works, and the other 40%, it's, it's an adaptation of what you've done because it culturally, it won't fit. You know? so, so I think that's a very important thing to keep in mind. Anybody? Hello, Sergi. Yeah. Well, I would like to talk about my brother. Now he mentioned. Oh, no, I'm geez. just kidding. I'm not gonna say anything. It's all a secret. But I wanna mention something. You know, I, I work in I work in Asia. I have worked in Africa. I have worked in Europe, Latin America, the U.S. of course. And and you realize something when you work in organizations. Everybody wants the same, regardless if you're Muslim or you're not, whatever inclination, Christian. At the end of the day, everybody wants the same. So, so we need to be very careful when we think about the way we manage a team, because at the end of the day, Sergio said it, it's, it's right, it's a business. So think about this. I just want to relate this, the way that the managing a business has been developed through the years. To see makes sense with the culture that you are, that, you know, you're working at. So many years ago, we had the mechanical way of managing a business. So it was like a piece of machine many, many years ago, the industrial age. So you had a machine and it may happen in some countries now, depending the way of thinking and how you do things. And the only thing that you did was what? Hit with a hammer. So there, nobody had the power or the empowerment to do anything. So you just follow orders, okay? So this was many years ago. So think about it as we, talk, we go about. So if that's your case now or not, the next phase was the biological way of managing. And then it's like a body. You have a brain and then you have different areas and the brain sends signals to the different areas of the body. And the body can do things, but never can do things without the orders of the, of the brain. Still, the person can develop, but they still they need to follow orders, okay? And you have more freedom than before, so you, can, you, you have the power. Now, through the years, now we have the social social type of managing companies so at the end of the day you don't have the power no matter what you do if you think about how society with the technology has developed i don't care if it's china indonesia 
uh, Africa, Ghana, Nigeria, Manchester, whatever. Society internally goes differently. The communication of young adults is different. It's not like before we were separate, so you could be one way or another one. So if you have a, if you're in a team, no matter where you are, you need to understand that you cannot manage a team right now, an organization like it's a machine. You may you you may not be able to manage it as it is a body. Why? Because kids are social. Social doesn't mean that they are like very open to people. So, you know they are connected all the time. So now you need to understand how can I manage my team from a social point of view? Because I, I realized this. I, I was in I was in Indonesia working in the Ramadan. It's one month, and I didn't know. I, I just got there. It's like oh, I need to be here one month, and there were some people Christian and some people. But everybody was so nice. Everybody was trying, you know, coming from the U.S., you have this certain mentality because they put you these things. You don't know. I'm very open, but you don't know. It's like, and everybody wants the same. Everybody wants to be happy, wants to be respected. Everybody wants to do the best job they can. It doesn't matter where you are. Everybody. So if you know that, then you how do you adjust the way that you do things so everybody can get that? For example, Sergio's, Sergio's example of somebody working at the pool if you go to an organization even the person who cleans the floor or does the coffee is very important because they know things that you don't know it's like the secretaries secretaries are the key to access important people if you have people in the pool or in your office they, they clean they do the coffee they probably see more things that you you don't know that you think you know so these are the people that you want to have relationships because you want to be able to understand and see things that you never see Things that maybe your kids are doing, things that the kids are talking about at the at the lockers. So at the end of the day, it's not like many years ago, regardless of what a culture or government is trying. Internally, things are happening, and you need to adapt. We need to adapt our way of managing based on what's happening internally, not what is happening externally. So it's interesting because we have different Southeast Asian countries, but we have people also from other countries living there. So it's interesting if you're adapting to that country so much that you're forgetting that there are things happening there that maybe you're utilizing to maximize your results. So I think this is an amazing topic. This is an amazing topic to be able to do it maybe with US teams all together in a round table. How do you do things? Why do you think this way? And see if you're able to apply that in your team, your organization. Remember, some of you, you are not only one. You have assistant coaches. You have directors so how you maximize that you know it's, it's interesting i love that topic thank you for bringing it up that's it anybody else yeah if, um if i may um as always thank you sergio this is a great topic and and i i find it very interesting um as always and I, I want to point out a couple of thoughts that I've always had. And, and when I hear some of these, I can't help but bring them to my mind. And I'm going to be a little bit of the devil's advocate. So not always, but every, it's happened to me four times, about four times already. That people come to me, or I guess I've come across the same way, being extremely nice, right? When I was a very young coach. We get this coach come to me, oh, you studied in the US, you blah, blah, blah. You're trying to buttering me up. And then, you know, 
um, you can feel they want something out of you. They're not being genuine. So when, when you feel somebody's not trying to get something, when you're very young, you get fooled by it. When you're older, you become very wary of it, if it's not genuine. So when somebody, when I try to be kind to people, I try to be kind without thinking, what can I get out of them? Because when you're kind, knowing that you may get something out of it, even subconsciously, you're not developing, developing the habit of being a nice person around you. The goal itself should be, I love my life and I love being surrounded by people that are positive, sound positive, period. Not, and, and no pun intended, I treat well the people that clean the pool because I want the pool cleaner and to be 10 minutes longer. That's a byproduct. But if we do that, some people will read on us. And now I'm gonna go to the opposite end where, um, all those four coaches that have come to me, four out of millions, uh, um, I know most of you, and most of you are dear friends. Like Ivan is a very good friend. And Ivan and I, at the beginning, I was very defensive because a swimmer came to Tanya Pura and he thought I was trying to take advantage of her, which wasn't the case. And then we become great friends because we spoke. And because Ivan, you can read him like a book. Right? It's not trying to do anything that you can't see. But I've seen coaches that come to me. Oh, you're a famous coach. You you this, you that. And then they have an agenda. They either want something from you or they're saying something different on um, when you're not listening to them. And I think it all comes, if, if I may, to say, no matter how many times you say you can be a jerk, you're not. You're a genuine, nicely nice person. And you become a nice person by trying to be nice to everybody, regardless of whether you um, can get something out of them or not. Because you already get something out of it. You get a fantastic environment. So um, I don't know if my contribution makes any uh, impact in everybody's head but to me the benefit of being nice to everybody is that you live in an environment where everybody is nice to each other and that's enough reward uh, uh, Miguel I agree with you 100% and when I when I give an example of saying hello to a guy in the pool uh, for me for example growing up in Spain I, in a dictatorship with my hand like that, I'm not joking, until I was eight or nine years old, every day singing the national anthem, because, because the, the, the headmaster of my school was good friends of Franco. They, Franco was- I went to Salesianos, huh? So, so and, and if I say, if, if, if I didn't open the door for one of the teachers or for somebody else, and now I tried to go into the door first, I got smacked in the head. And when I was a kid, I always thought that that's, I hated that. You know, <laughs> I hate it. Or if I said, I, I put myself as a person first, I will get hit, I will get hit. You know, you never say me, my friends and my brother, I go and I go to the movie. You say my friends, my brother and me are going to the movie because you don't have to be first. Now, what I'm trying to say is, is about 
you need to treat people the way you want to be treated. You know, and that means being a good person, hopefully. You know, like like I never started treating the people for Bangladesh because I wanted something out of them. Because I know as a byproduct, like you very well said, that's gonna happen because they're human beings. And more when a person hasn't seen their kids for five years. And you have kids the same age, and you're there just interacting every day for hours. You know? So so that's a like absolutely. There are people that they will, you know, you said four people in your life. Uh, four coaches. Yeah, four, four, coaches. Co four coaches. I can tell you thousand coaches in my life have been assholes that the only thing they want is they come up to me, they shake their head. Oh yeah, you awesome, Sergio. You you're so handsome. Oh look, your beard looks so nice. <laughs> and the only thing they want is to try to understand what I do because they think it's the best thing. And and one thing, you know, and that teaches you experience. You know, you see them, you see I see them from far away. I see them from far away, but you always give the benefit of the doubt to people. And to me, I've always been that even in Singapore, I have some coaches that they still text me or something to ask me for things. And I try to, to avoid them sometimes because the, the only thing I, I said, the only thing they wanted is to take advantage of, of me as a person for their growth. And that's it. They didn't want to have a relationship for both of us growing. Make sense? So, so that's something that you have to learn with experience. And sometimes, you know, and maybe it's not the right way, you give, you give, you give, you give. I'm the person that I try to give and give. And at one point, the same way that I gave, I forget about you. I don't fucking know who you are. And I don't even know. We can, you know, it's like if you're disrespectful and you're a bad person, it's like, you know, and maybe it's a bad thing. That's my dysfunctionality. But that's the way that I can protect myself. Too. Make sense? I think, I think what you said is, is really good. You don't want to do, you don't want to treat people well to gain something out of it. You want to treat people well because it's that's the way you want to be treated. If I was the, the person changing the pool and my boss tells me between 7 and 7.30, you change the pool. At 7 o'clock, the swim team is over, you start changing the pool. That's what I do. If you're, if you're an ass, that's what I do. Why? Because what I'm going to compromise myself with my boss you know, I do my job and then I can rest for 20 minutes until the next job. Yeah. But if, you, if, if you're a good person, you don't never ask. One day something happens, do you have that person because it feels that you're good to that person. Is that a help? No. And, and that's a, the important concept. That's why it's important when you go to a new place is to try to learn the culture of that place. So you can show respect towards that. Anybody else? Come on.